0: what's going on everybody welcome to epi number three no epi epi four actually holy holy poop um summer is going (laughs) quicker than we ever thought epi number four welcome uh thanks for joining us And listen, there was no banter before, no off-air talk and like deep conversations about corona and different theologies and all sorts of different things. We're right to it because the Kanikis are on vacation and they're still joining in. We gave them the option not to and they they love this so much that here they are. It's so great to see you guys. How's everybody? How how are things in the, the deep north wherever you are? Oh, hanging in there? Man.
1: Yeah, you you didn't have to give us that intro, but but thanks anyways. Uh, no, we 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 don't mind being here. It's great to be here. Uh, we wouldn't miss it. We'd miss it for anything. <laughs> uh, where things are, you are guys?
2: great. Uh, we. We oh, messed <laughs> it up.
3: This is where we just nod our heads. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, things are. Uh we are around uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess Bancroft. Uh,
3: Bancroft, yeah.
4: okay. okay. Cool.
1: Okay. Nice. Uh,
3: uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> a bit. Yeah,
3: yeah. A bit, yeah, This is
0: great. This was incredible. <laughs> that, this is the greatest. <laughs> we. What, what, what we need from my upbringing what we need is an interpretation we need inter-
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: we can hear you uh, oh this is so good this is so good oh man it's a bear now it feels like a bear the bear is getting them
3: we could be yeah, laughing, totally. and their their camps being overrun. Their cottages being overrun by a family of bears, like, we're just laughing over here.
0: Well, here's the thing: uh, I am. I've been. Uh, I have been like super enamored on Instagram with um, videos, like accounts of, uh, in particular, like tigers and lions devouring other lions. Do you know that this is a thing? Are you okay, Drew? No, no. COVID's really taking a hit, eh? And legit,
2: king of non sequitur, just for the record.
0: And legit, I like. I love. I just. Heather thinks I'm crazy, but I'll sit there and just all night be scrolling through uh, these videos of like, yeah, lions eating lions. Cool. Well, no, no, lions eating that. No lions eating other animals, like so, like they. Oh, p- you
3: said lions eating lions, but you regardless, said, it's so weird. Lions eating other lions. I was oh like, no, no, oh, sorry. Okay. All right.
0: No, um, um hold on. So just nature it. stuff. That's all right. True. Yes. Do you
2: want to like back that up? Like, is how, okay. How and why?
0: So I don't know. I, I, there's something psychological maybe with me. I, we all know this. I, I don't know. I just started to see videos of like lion hunting their prey. And it's phenomenal. And there's like, there are accounts dedicated to like legit dedicated to all sorts of like in the wild. Animal, like lions, they're like in the bushes and they'll attack cool. a zebra, and it's just like, it's really crazy stuff. So like, but you could sit there all night. Um, It's pretty crazy. Well, so would. I've been- Don't worry man, sports are coming back. Don't worry. <laughs> but, so, so, yeah. so, Basketball so, tonight
5: was great. Yes,
0: yes. So I'm having issues though, cause sometimes I get nightmares. And uh, <laughs> this is probably like six, six weeks ago, I was up, like, cause I, I don't know if you know this, I sleepwalk a bit. So I was looking out the window And for about an hour in my psyche, I had thought like there's a lion nearby and I'm dead (laughs) and I'm not even joking. And Heather like for an hour is like, dude, please go back to bed. And this is like a common thing, but the lions, (laughs) but like tigers, (laughs) but then, okay. So like uh, just if you're listening, you're listening to the after show presented by Poster Poster. We've tried to welcome, we've had a little bit of a freeze from uh, the north, but uh, I'll just say this. It's not just like lions. Do you know like rhinos are crazy animals? I saw a video of a rhino almost bite the head off of a lion. Insane. Oh. Insanity. <laughs> Anyways,
5: did you know do you know what animal is the animal that kills most people in
4: safaris? No. Hippos.
0: Yes. Yeah, so hippos, rhinos and hippos. Mm-hmm. Wow them animals they no. fight back yeah
4: them animals no.
0: them animals
2: <laughs> oh my gosh them animals. I just like I'm having a moment for the fact that Instagram like this is so appropriate for our chapter today Instagram yeah. has given you nightmares and
0: and I've <laughs> just and I've just confessed to the world that like I sometimes scroll through at night so I gotta be careful it's all good Man, so no and, that every sleep, night. and that and you sleepwalk, sleepwalk yeah. yeah you all knew that though right no Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, I this knew is, that. Yeah, no, I this knew is that, a but yeah. yeah it's now now
3: everybody knows that.
0: <laughs> I'm probably up once a night. And and what happens is is I like the common thing right now is I walk over to our blinds and I look out and then I and <laughs> then the I lions. and then I catch myself. I'm sleepwalking and then I come to and then I kinda go back to bed. So it's like I'm d i am I do oh my it. Gosh. My mind is playing games on me. I come aware and then I go back to bed. So what happens is Heather and I often have arguments because I could be partially awake oh. and then come fully awake. And she's like, dude, so she's like arguing with me. You need to go back to bed. And then I'm trying to plead my case that now I'm fully awake, but she doesn't believe me. If that makes sense. Anyways, it's, we're it's back.
4: It sorry, guys. There, but no,
0: no, don't, don't be sorry. So, um, so things are going good in the north. We can't see you. That's okay. But you're here. Here, you're. You guys are like the all-star podcasters. Things are going good on vacation.
1: Yeah, things are going good. We got here on Sunday evening. Uh, about a four-hour drive. Uh, I don't know if you heard us, but we're around the Bancroft area. Cool. Which is uh, like two and a half, maybe three hours um, east. Of Toronto did
2: you did you guys see anything to do with the tornado on your way up
1: uh, we actually circumvented it a bit um, oh good uh, we just waited actually just at home a little bit it happened uh, apparently in some in London I think and then Burlington got hit as well um, but we left a little bit later so we did miss it uh, oh yeah. good yeah sweet we't want to get stuck. In the middle of a maybe. Yeah, no, yeah, for so sure. For that would not be good.
0: Well, you're here. Thanks for being here. Everybody else is doing good. Everybody's week's going good. Good time. So we got to get down to business, and the real business is this: <laughs> Hermi- Hermione Granger. Hermione Granger. So yes. I like m- when I told Ava this the next day. She one, looked at me like I was the biggest dummy on the planet. And two, she was devastated. She was devastated. So you you asked about the kids, like what's up? Like, do they do they say Hermione Granger? They say Hermione Granger. It's true. Good. And uh so so this is, this is again, just shows you can think you're right about something, Th- this is the takeaway for today. You think you can be right about something your entire life and be completely wrong and just completely humbled. So there you go, my life has been utterly tra- changed. I tried to use an example and Heather said I use the example on myself, so there you go. It is, it is, it is what it is.
2: It makes me feel better about my life. So, and
0: and the whole potpourri deal for sure. You, yeah. I think I think the pure remedy from listening to this is just that you feel better about your life, right? Just by listening to these stories. <laughs> so it's all good. I sleepwalk. Yeah. Don't I don't have Harry Potter down like I thought I did. It's all good. How, yeah. How's the how's the philodendron in the back?
2: Um, Phil's so pretty good. I'm trying what Kevin had. I think Kevin had said that you can sort of make him, you know point him in the direction that he should grow mm-hmm. and and i wonder if i'm too late to the game he's got a real real hook on the bottom uh, uh-huh. coming back up but i'd like him to grow down a little bit more is it just like a lost cause i
0: should feel I just like let
2: him grow back up
0: i feel like that fits into this whole thing just you know the molding and shaping of our lives and now we're talking Ooh. about molding and shaping plants i love it you just go. you shape that thing wherever you want it to go
4: i'll i'll try
0: one
3: okay. more week yeah, you have to you have but, to direct it it won't just do it's going to do no, what but it wants it, to it do.
4: grows towards the light let it grow
0: towards oh the light. Oh, oh man we oh. this is we got a little we got a little homily going here i love it so <laughs> it good it
2: is try like can you see this little hook
0: yeah can you see that yeah, kind see, of, yeah,
2: it really wants to grow toward the light again,
0: Kev. You're right, <laughs> so there you go. Keep the light going, and it will grow there. <laughs> it's good, all right. Poster Poster is our, our wonderful sponsor. You're listening to the after show, Epi number four. Summer's flying by, it's going crazy. Mm. Sports is on the horizon. The Jays start Friday, they have no home. None of you care, but I, I really care. I think yeah, Kev cares. Basketball is almost with us, and yeah. And we're very close to an NHL restart, so there are some things in life that, you know, there is some good news along the way. Um, Now, here's the thing. Can I just share a pet peeve of mine? Here's a pet peeve of mine to get us going for today. Uh, I have heard throughout my life um, this phrase that people often say, hey, man, you just need to preach the gospel right? You hear this all the time. I just hear, I've heard this throughout my life. I've even worked for people like this. You know, that the motto was, you know, you need to do whatever it takes. You need to go downtown onto the street corner. And bro, if you're really, really following Jesus, you need to preach the gospel. And often the sentiment with this is it doesn't matter what, it doesn't matter what you think about the people. The, 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 the kind of the posture of that is we've got the gospel and we need to take it to people. And we don't really need to think through it because we have it and it's clear in the Bible and we need to go. And I've worked for people like this. I remember one time, I worked with the guy, and he. this was kind of the sentiment, and I said, so, oh, cool, all right, so uh, tell me about your neighbor, and he couldn't even tell me the names of his neighbors that he had lived beside for five years. Anyways, I'm still getting over this. It's all good. So my question is, you get to Paul, and you realize this isn't true. This isn't true, this idea of, well, you just go wherever and don't think about it and preach the gospel. You actually look at the life of Paul, and you realize he actually did it differently in different cities, in different times. And so one of the things we've been talking about is just the reality that a lot of Christians in our moment do not have a cultural discernment, right? We, we sometimes lack. What do you think about this idea? What stands out? Um, do you agree um, as kind of we wrestle through this kind of second uh, practice of resilient disciples is that they have cultural discernment in a culture that's kind of all over the place. They are discerning. Does that story kind of resonate with you when you hear about like just go and preach the gospel? What do you think? gotta fly around me
3: <laughs> i mean i think the picture of the connectives is, is wonderful i don't know if you guys <laughs> see this wonderful picture of them so beginning. nice um, <laughs> um yeah no I, I think it's 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 almost you you can't not you can't disconnect them like you you need to be you need to have cultural discernment as a christian now i mean i think in the past we've just been completely afraid um of being you know you know, cultural, I guess, um, yeah. where it's been almost like, you know, it's, it's you know, the church versus society or, you know, it's always a kind of this versus instead of being a part of it and just learning from it. I mean, yeah. we could still have our, our, our beliefs, we could still have our foundations, but we still need to grow, we need, still need to learn, we still need to, you know be involved with what you know what's going on around us and it just makes us better and stronger human beings as well as as christians because i think i think that was just you know that's the life of jesus i mean um i think he was pretty cultural and the fact that you know that those those were the people he hung out with he didn't just stay in the synagogues he didn't stay he was hanging out with people that um that were you know cultural right um so i just feel like in the past i think christians have, have done a poor job of of being that and they've you know it, it's about time that we we start to try and be a little bit uh you know more of the world you know in the world i guess is yes. what
1: the- yeah
0: yeah um and even around this idea it's interesting just the idea in the in the book around kind of cult like developing i guess is the word our cultural discernment um i think we just uh, again maybe i'm a little salty with my example in question but um i've just de- dove into Paul's missionaries journey, missionary journeys in particular and have just been blown away at how the common sentiment, again, for a lot of folk in our moment is, well, we just need to preach the gospel. And then you go to Paul and he goes to Philippi and uses Roman imperial language to go to the Romans. Rome was like a little colony, or sorry, Philippi was a little colony of Rome. It had like images of Caesar. When you went to Philippi, they called it little Rome. So Paul used in his language, specific language there, Athens he goes there Ephesus he goes to the temple of Artemis like the great Artemis there and uses language around that and I just yeah I just think it's interesting the moment we're in and how we need to learn how to how to do this faithfully how to be again in the world but not of it and I think language is a a big piece around this what do you think what do you think Kendra anything stand out
2: um, I, I think i oh, yeah go for it you go no, you go, go for it ahead. Go ahead. go ahead Kendra <laughs> No, I'm still thinking. You go for it. <laughs>
5: <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I, I agree with you on the language, but especially um, I think as well culturally. What I what I find kind of interesting about this chapter too um, was in relation to kind of the day and age and how things are progressing right now in our time that we kind of find ourselves and mm-hmm. how we as Christians are having to adjust to it as well. You know, um, we we kind of talked about the online digital church and kind of moving in that direction and um, how, I don't know, I see a lot of churches in the South specifically um, who so badly wanted to get out of this hole. Um, like they want to go back to church. They want to they wanna congregate because they see that's the way you're supposed to do church. Like this whole digital way of doing church, there's just... That's not church. It's not godly almost, you know, Um, and that, um, you know, our freedoms as Christians are being taken away by having, you know, being forced to kind of do digital church, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and and just that approach. And I feel like, like that is a way, at least for me, I find that as being one example in which um, we as Christians needed to adjust, you know, why we needed to adapt and adjust to again, the culture and the requirements that's been placed um, you know so socially and like in our city you know now masks are mandatory but also you know gatherings um, are not allowed um, of certain amount of people so we've adjusted you know yeah but I see that Christian opposition to that um, mm-hmm. particularly like I said in the south with the churches who don't understand why they can't have choir singing without masks and all yeah. over each other, because that's restricting their freedoms to be able to do that and be able to have church, you know? Yeah. And huh, I think, no, um, in, in what we've done as a church in becoming digital and being flexible in this way, we've adapted culturally. We, you know, we're not of the world, but we're in this world that we find ourselves. And so we've adapted to this form of church. You know yep. um yeah so i think that's kind of like what i saw as an example in which we kind of did that recently
0: yep yeah i mean that's a great uh, almost a practical example of adjusting you know and even in the beginning there was maybe a f- some folk that wanted to build a bit of like the church is being persecuted because we can't gather but you know it's interesting <laughs> nobody was able to gather and so i know yeah. there's been people also myself included pushing back on this idea that somehow wow, we're in a moment of persecution when my beer league hockey team can't even get together <laughs> or you know like <laughs> school or work you know it's just a it's an interesting moment. Um, any thoughts, Kendra? I don't know. Just you know, wrestling through this idea of b- mm-hmm. building our cu- cultural discerning muscles, you know.
2: Yeah, I have um, like I don't know, like trigger word a little bit in my mind is yep. um, being, you know, the church be a relevant church, and I think there's, I don't know, like what do you guys think about? There's, I think, a tendency for the church to be like trying to be super relevant to the, to the, to its context, to yep. an annoying degree, can I say, mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 wherein like, uh, like it has to be like a smoke show and like pyrotechnics mm-hmm. to be like a rock show and, um, you know, everybody has to be branded and like, yep. it gets to be brand Jesus. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to hear your thoughts on how that differs from like culture, being culturally discerning.
0: It's a good question, because, you know, one of the things as we talk about this, you wrestle through the church's, you know, the church's posture. And I think it ultimately, again, I think Israel is a great picture in Jeremiah of exactly how this goes for us. You can be completely immersed by the culture. So, like, I think as Christians, we have an opportunity here. Um, For some, they've retreated from culture and... Uh, we all have all seen experiences from this and even like some of our fundamentalist right past, like some of the, you know, some of the moral majority and some of the things some of us have experienced over the years. We've experienced a complete retrieval from culture or trying to like have certain principles come to bear on uh, the, the general culture. Um, I think the moment we're in and I think we even talked a little bit this in, about this in the teaching is we're probably more at danger for the other way to either one, be people that get completely immersed um, in the culture that our spiritual identity is lost. This is what Babylon wanted to do to the ancient Mm -hmm. uh, Hebrews. But I also think there's a church component that you're talking about where the church can kind of become counterfeit in the sense of it just looks like everything else. There's nothing unique Mm -hmm. or beautiful or different about it in the world. That's a good way of saying it, yeah, that's what I think. Mm-hmm. I think um uh, we're at a posture where I don't think in our context, being a church that is ninety five percent under the age of forty w- our the danger for us is not like the retreating from culture and like the enclave and trying to get out of culture. The danger for us is probably more being uh, immersed by it. I don't know if you guys agree with mm-hmm. that, but mm-hmm. I think age and stage yep. and the culture that we've grown up in that's it's easier probably for us. Mm-hmm.
4: Um, So I guess my point was just about um, what Drew was talking about and what Kenner was talking about how the church tries to be flashy. But I think the focus there is on attracting people into the church and not so much on feeding the people who are there. Because – that think that's what I've experienced. Like, there's so much focus on bring your friends and bring people and let's attract the people who have a bad, ex- not a bad experience of church, but have like a, a different experience of church. Or like, oh, you thought that we were going to be sitting on pews, but like we're here and we're so cool. And we like, got padded
0: works. seats, man. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah. So then that's where the focus is. But then once people are inside, it's kind of like it's very like we talked about last week, right? There's not a lot of depth, or eventually there's not a lot of depth. Um right.
0: Yeah. yeah. What do you think, Serge?
1: Yeah. What stood out to me was in your teaching from Sunday, you um, gave the example of Paul. I think going to Athens and learning the language there and in speaking it, and just the importance of that. And um, mm-hmm. I think as well, you know, just the fact that I don't think there's any evidence that he actually mentioned the name Jesus while he was there, mm-hmm. um, and that. You know, not that he was trying to exclude Jesus or anything like that, but he was more concerned about it seemed like building a relationship with um, the, the the culture there and the people there, and immersing himself in the culture, um, and then almost debating with them from a philosophical standpoint because that that was also the you know great age of philosophy back then. Um, so he was he was concerned about meeting them where they were. Um and then um you know and then hopefully through that and as we see he had an impact in teaching to not only Jew but Gentiles as well, um, the ways of Jesus and, and teaching them scriptures and such. So that's to that stood out to me. And I it was a reminder that um, you know, we as Christians can also do the same thing in our surroundings. We can be immersed in in the present culture. We can uh, have current debates without necessarily um, imposing our religion. Um, but you know given the opportunities I think to to build relationships, that's when we'll have um, opportunities to to share our faith and to share um, to share about what we believe in. I think first and foremost though, uh, we're called to, uh, to, to to essentially get uh, immersed in the culture and to get people to accept us.
0: Yeah. So good. And I know we're all on the same page with this. It's probably not the best thing to start with a pet peeve, but I think it gets us thinking, and, and it uh, for, I, I do think it gets us talking about this fundamental thing again. Um, okay. Just preach the gospel, okay? But I, I don't, I don't see that kind of posture where it's just, hey, go and don't even think about it. I don't see that posture as being fruitful in any culture, Mm. and uh, and especially like so. You know, we send missionaries around the world and. Um, there's training and different things, but I also think like in our own context where we are we got to have like an attentive ear um, To where we are and uh, the, the culture that we're uh, immersed in and one of the things when we started our community was um, Wanting to be a church like this so the question one of the questions would just be do you think the church bears a responsibility? Because even in one of the tables here It was interesting how prodigals r- kind of responded low to the churches that they grew up in dealing with cultural things And yet it seems to me like resilient Disciples, it's still not incredibly high, but the highest out of all those groups. Does that make sense? So when there's questions like, my church, you know, dealt with wisdom and how to live faithfully in a secular world, to like how to live wisely around sexuality and money, and um, learning how to uh, to live amongst people that are differently than differently than me. It's just interesting. Prodigals were very low on that, and the people that seem to be resilient and the ones that they pulled. Um, we're higher, much higher, way higher. I know it's not as high as we'd like. It's probably lower than what I even thought. But what's the church? What do you think the church's role? Have you thought through that, like in how we can kind of? Do you think the church is responsible for that?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think so. Um, I, I was pretty. I mean, I think I even mentioned to her. I was pretty staggered by some of the answers, especially with resilient, you know, resilient uh, disciples yeah. in the sense of church is not talking about money or finances and not necessarily about tithing, but it just about how a Christian should lead a financial life. Even like those practical things about, you know, saving and all those things that you, I just, I'd never heard when I was growing up, things that are very, very relevant that I feel like really help people. Um, Those little things. Like, I mean, I just think we have, I think we have responsibilities with that because there are Christian bankers. There are Christian people that, you know, deal, you know, with these financial things, you know, and we talk about in, in scripture about, you know, going out into the world and making disciples, you know, the the key there is going out into the world, you know, in, in about immersing yourself in that. we need to be educated and, and and learn about, you know, what's going on in the world. Yeah.
4: And I think people who aren't Christian are looking to us to see like, Oh, what do you guys think about this? Because, or, or they already think that they know what we think about it, like just generally about different cultural things. Yep. And I think Drew, as a pastor, I feel like, I know that we've asked you and other people have asked you, um, I'm sure, like when you give a sermon and then they ask you personally, like, okay, what do you think about this? So yep. I think that as a Christian, we're constantly being asked like, oh, well, what what's your take on this issue? Or um, this happened in the news? Has your church even talked about it yet? Which I think that we have to, like, we have to be engaging with what's happening in the world. We that's can't nice. just, like, you know, create a little silo of Christians and feel safe and comfortable.
0: Right. Yeah. So I good. think as
5: well, like, uh, like, you, relevance is so important to resilience. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, I, I kind of took from that as well, is that in order to be resilient Christians, we have to m- be relevant, right? And it's these kinds of things that we deal with on a daily basis that challenges our faith. And if we're not um, educated in these things, if we don't discuss these things in the church, how can we build the resilience we need to to be out in the world, right? Um, because these are the things that are relevant within the world that we live in. So um, that's why I think it's so important for us to have these important conversations. Um, you know, like they talked about like money and, and sex and, and, um, you know, worldly things, you know, kind of even on certain levels, morals and values and politics almost, you know, I mean, to a certain extent, of course, but um, but, you know, just to understand what it is that that the Bible says about yep. how we're supposed to live our lives, um, we need that constant reminder and how it relates to our daily lives today.
0: Yeah, so good um and i think that relevance is d- the different it's interesting with a word like relevance that's the different kind of relevance yeah. than what uh, Kendra's been talking about, right? Like, and that's because uh, I am, I, I totally, yeah, 100% agree. Uh, that is the form and type of relevance we want. And it's actually more tied to cultural discernment than it is what our gatherings look like or this appeal, you know, this kind of appeal to the world. Mm-hmm. And so it's always interesting the church's role in this because I think um, when you look at the the church um it bears a responsibility to help people flex these type of cultural muscles and again i am um, one of the things i want to we would love to create is not a retrieval and not an immersion so much that you lose your identity and as i've said um, and I'm not perfect with this by any means or really that smart, but it's actually easier to do the left and right type thing. You, you know, that's, we should, we'll talk more about this maybe over the summer. Left and right, like even when it comes to bipartisan politics, all that kind of stuff, is way easier than being nuanced, way easier than like the life of Jesus, which is very much nuanced. And I think it's the same with this. It would be much easier just to completely retreat and set up Christian shop and let the big bad culture do their thing and stay away, that would be easier. It would also be easier to get completely sucked in and lose the identity of following Jesus in this world. That's that uh, we all know. We've seen so many people, probably in your own life, that um, that that becomes the draw, the hard life, We I think we actually got to be clear with people. Like in a moment, if you're under forty and you're following Jesus in London, Ontario, the hard thing is going to be to live nuanced. But this is actually the kind of life that I think we're called to, and I think the church bears responsibility. But here's the other thing in this chapter: the Bible is kind of a big deal. Like, in all the data they show, the, the, the chapter basically connects cultural discernment to wisdom and wisdom to the Bible. Any thoughts there? Like, just even the polling, the data, all that kind of stuff. Like, uh, the people that seem to be resilient have a quite a high view of, of the scripture. What do you think that says? What do you think that, you know? It's, it's just interesting to me.
2: I think that as Christians, if we want to have, be critical thinkers, I guess, through the lens of faith, that has to be based on scripture. So as you grow in your identity in Christ, you naturally, I would hope,
0: <laughs> yeah. become,
2: you know, more and more aware of the scriptures and what they say. And so you naturally would have more of your life filtered through that lens. And sometimes, of course, that would mean that the church would have to be, um educators in that yeah but i think the goal is is not for the church to have like a million programs that talk about every single area of like practical cultural life Uh but to encourage thinkers that are going to apply knowledge of scripture and and look at the scripture for like everyday situations
0: so good just drop it it makes me think yeah.
4: Yeah. Dropping wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> um, it makes me think of like when I was younger and you know, you flipped the back of the Bible. It's like, what does the Bible say about
2: mm. depression? Yeah. And uh, what does the Bible say about, the and you're nuggets. just
4: like, I want, I want the exact nugget. Like, I just want yeah. to know what to think. Yeah. And then as you mature, um, you have to do that. Like you have to discern it, which yep. is more work. But you also yeah. have had more years and more of a relationship with Christ. So, I mean, it's harder, but it's easier in a way. I don't know if that yeah. makes sense. But yeah, it just Absolutely. made me think of that. Like, you look for just just the answer, but that's not, it's not yeah. like that anymore. For sure. I totally forgot about that, but I used to do that all the time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's why my Bible was like super thick too, because it had like all of this parenthetical stuff in the yeah, back. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> what do I need for today? Yeah. What am I feeling? Spicy about? <laughs> yeah, what And I think teeth? it
3: speaks. Yeah, and I think it speaks <laughs> to like the just the the power of scripture. I mean, I, and and not just you know re- disciples, you know, recent disciples just wanting to learn more. But I just think it says something actually about the words that are on the pages. Um, and I just think it, it's funny. Like you 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 start you hear like different examples of you know atheists or people you know they want to prove christians wrong so they read scripture to try to you know build up their case so they can disprove and they end up being christians yep you know like that just and i think that just speaks something to yes you are learning more about god but i just think there's something just so powerful about the words that are just on the pages for sure and in
4: the chapter the chapter they talked about or they they showed how, like, Daniel was reading Jeremiah, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, it's yeah, it's amazing that it's still relevant.
0: And not amazing, but you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. it's great that it's still relevant. 100%. <laughs> mm-hmm. What? So, yeah, I, uh,
1: yeah, go for it, Serge. Go. No, I was just going to say, one of the things that, uh, I mean, everybody touched on some great points here. Um, and then to add to that, one of the things that stood out to me as well, I'm not sure if it was in a teaching or in a book, but there's a stat about how much wisdom um is actually required um from us how many hours in terms of hours uh that the resilient christian needs to be able to um almost survive this environment that we're in and it was staggering it's i think it it talked about like uh 99 hours for the nomad which is you know a person who goes to church once in a while is somewhat connected that, that actually they need a year 99 hours that they need per year to be able to almost um, you know gain the knowledge that they need to be to to be christians i, I i'm sorry that what the, the amount of time that they actually spend um and then That's right. it, it talks about uh the resilient christian how many hours it requires something in a 500 of hours that you need every year i have to think of man I spend that much time. Five fifty or something. Um, You you know, like I spend. How much was that, Kevin? Did you you say? Did you say something? I think it was like
3: five fifty or something. I could be wrong. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I I remember. I saw the. I saw the thing there. I think it was about five fifty. It was a pretty high number.
1: Right, right. a staggering amount. I think it just goes to show how much we need um, to immerse ourselves in the scriptures to gain to gain that wisdom. Uh, in order to be able to deal with the complexities of life. Um, and yeah. not only for ourselves, but even looking at our, ourselves who have a teenage boy and one who's like 10, uh, how much they need uh, our guidance as well. And um, how much mm-hmm. we need to be immersed in the Word in order to kind of share that with them as well. So, yeah, they're definitely connected. Wisdom and the scriptures are definitely connected. They
0: are because, not to get all preachy on y'all, but the Bible is a wisdom document. So document may not be the best word, but it is a wisdom, it, it's wisdom. And certainly there's wisdom literature. There's like a genre in there. But, um, you know, the guys at the Bible Project have really helped people see from beginning to end Um you know some of the things we've done in the western world reading through our own lens and kind of butchering it at times to our own liking you know and what we want it to say ultimately what it does is leads us in wisdom and i know it's funny to say well i guess the bible's kind of a big deal but like it's just <laughs> it is interesting in this whole thing that this is where we gain wisdom and there's so many implications and so many things we could talk about Um, Right down to how important it is to teach people and lead through, and and um, I think even Kendra alluded to like letting people wrestle and grow. Somebody kind of had alluded to like um, even letting people where there's things that there's certain points and different things that it seems like there may be more than one conclusion or certain stories or certain even. Uh, I know some people wrestle through even certain doctrines uh, where you know just an openness to giving like I I think of at Praxis we've talked about things like hell and some of the different views on that and different things throughout um, our teaching and and leading how important it is to come to the scriptures uh, uh, for wisdom just a couple nuggets around this that we've really emphasized at Praxis if you're listening by the way you're listening to the after show epi number four presented by Poster Poster Um, but But, um, you know, like one of the things we've always said is reading it literarily, not necessarily literally, but literarily. And please hear me. There are things in the scriptures that are literal, but then there's also poetry and all sorts of fun stuff uh, and different genres there is also times when jesus tells parables and those things probably didn't happen he was telling a story there's narrative so the important thing is reading it in light of what kind of literature we're reading so we have always said that the bible is a library that's the best way to look at it. and maybe instead of a book looking at it as a library which is so important and it leading us in truth and all of these things and the other thing we've been saying, I, I'm turning this into a teaching moment, I apologize. But the other thing we've been saying is that one of the things that's really important in our moment, and these guys who were, we were did an Old Testament course together, it's this just, just kept coming to the forefront. It's as important for a lot of people, it's as important to know how we got the Bible in our hands as it is what's in it. To start, for a lot of people, that's that— to, to truly understand how we got it. And so the Bible was an oral culture at the beginning, like with resources so limited. It was passed on orally from generation to generation. We did not get a Bible canon until obviously hundreds and hundreds of years later. And so that's a big thing for people too, just in this whole, whole piece. The Bible is a big deal. So with all that said, it is important in the church, but I also find a couple things before we kind of close. I find, and COVID has done this with church going online, I feel like we're in a, this is my new, I've put this title on it, keep everybody's attention metrics. This is like a new metric for us, keeping everybody's attention, right? And especially with COVID, there's lots of talk amongst pastors on Twitter, well, I'm going to take my teaching down to this amount of minutes because YouTube shows us people can't really hang in there, you know, that long and fair enough. That's all (laughs) metrics, fair enough. But I also come to this chapter and I look and I see and I go, and I'm not lobbying for long sermons, but what I'm saying, what I'm trying to wrestle through in my mind and my heart is the chapter shows us that there's a deep connection between scripture and the Bible and wisdom. And then we're kind of in a keep everybody's attention metrics moment. And we talk about shorter and shorter. And then I kind of wonder how. But, you know, like how, like Mm. as the Jesus community are, we kind of, we are the ones that actually slow down and take our time, you know, with this stuff, because if this actually matters in building wisdom, it's going to take time. I'm not lobbying for hour long sermons, but I think some of us have expressed Mm. over the last few weeks, sometimes the church can just be like, you know, I've had friends go to churches where there is legitimately not the public reading of scripture at all. Like from the music all the way flowing into the teaching or whatever it is. And this is not like to like point out other things. But I'm just wrestling through that. It would be interesting to hear your guys' thoughts. Not not about length of sermon times. That's not what I'm talking about. But this is all connected together. Like wisdom connected to the scriptures. And it's like can you really 15, 12 minutes a week really lead? A, can a community be led in what, what matters here? You know? I don't know somebody talk I don't even know if that's a question or I'm just on my high horse
2: I would say those are the wrong metrics yeah so just as a marketer oh so Like if we're talking about gold, yeah like that's something that I would usually measure is like how long are these eyeballs on this page yep yeah. but um, like what are what me, what is the measure of a church right right uh, and uh, mm-hmm. what is the measure of someone being engaged in church
0: mm-hmm you know
2: and for us how is it impacting our community yeah maybe that means we need more teaching maybe we need to like stretch our brains that way yeah i don't know Mm -hmm. but i think we're asking the wrong question
1: So
0: good.
2: You are not asking the wrong good. question. No, like
0: right no, now. I feel you. I
2: feel
0: <laughs> you. You got my back. I love it. It's
2: good. <laughs> I do.
0: <laughs> like, again, I'm not lobbying for this is not some insecure pastor dude saying, oh, we need an hour sermon to buck th- th- what people yeah. are saying. I just wonder, here we have it. Like, we have data showing, okay, the scriptures. Mm. And and I have run into so many people that are just like, dude, um, I don't really know. Like, I don't have a foundation mm. because it's been like, quick in you know maybe it's in and out or again it alluding to what Kathy said it's like uh, the three major cornerstones of kind of more of like an attractional church you know Jesus loves you God loves you which is true you know he has a plan for you which is absolutely true trust me that's absolutely true and, and bring your friends to church next Sunday and after a while people are like man like what what like it what is going on in Jonah or you know stuff like that mm-hmm. so I don't know other thoughts about this yeah they even talked about that in the
3: previous chapter. I think it was the previous chapter, just about how pe- people are actually looking for more. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. we wow. we we don't we we have like this uh, this thought in our mind, and like those stats, like that chapter would completely disprove those stats of being like, oh, well, we know that don't, their attention spans aren't there, but that chapter is talking about how they want more. You know it's not just about you know like oh jonah did this jonah this jonah's a massive story mm-hmm. it's not just him being you know not wanting to go a place going on a boat kicked off the boat eat wall by wall spit out it's done there's so much more that go into it sure and i think i think we do a disservice of, in in just assuming that people don't want to learn all that extra stuff mm-hmm. and if we just continue to assume that they're just gonna be like all right i'm not gonna learn that even though they want to and i think that's where you need to have like that's where that we run in a dangerous line when we go a little too far into the relevancy side where we forget our truths, we forget those things where people want to come to us looking for certain things where, but we're assuming they don't want to know or they don't want more yeah. because we're trying to be too relevant or whatnot. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something else that stood out to me was... Uh you know, the book, in the book, it talks about, uh, I, I might be butchering this, but uh, I'm going to try to paraphrase. But it, it, it talks about being prepared to engage rather than um, engaging, something like that, which to me means that, uh, it, you know, when you have those complex conversations that come up uh, eventually, um, you know, we, we need to do a better job of, preparing ourselves uh, to to gain that wisdom and that knowledge in order to engage in those complex conversations rather than just showing up and you know being exposed so to speak um, and then I think as well of the five hundred and fifty hours um, a year that you know, we we need to spend as resilient Christians I'm like okay so how do I fill that you know I get mm-hmm. I don't know 20 is that fifty-two hours a year from from church from Drew? <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. You, you know, once in a while mm-hmm. I have a podcast that I that I listen to. And you know, that's a that's that's a little bit, it's a small percentage of it. Um, it's not even every week. And then okay, where where does the other come from? Okay. Uh doing <laughs> five hundred hours. <laughs> It's yeah. 500 hours, I'm like, wow, I am falling short here. <laughs> you know? You're like, just, <laughs> you're like 500, 500
0: hours in quarantine alone. So. <laughs> yeah, so that's right. That's right.
1: So it just goes to show, I think, just, that, uh, just the importance of, uh, of, of just getting that the knowledge and that wisdom uh, really good, really tight, uh, if we're mm-hmm. going to be the change makers uh, that we need to be.
5: Yeah.
0: Yeah, And I mean, the the authors, obviously, one of the key points is the church has to be, if this is true, then the church has to be a learning community. It has to be. And I think um, I'm really thankful to be a part of a community like that. Um, What Kendra has said tonight, uh, in particular, just about the, and I don't know if you've used this word about countercultural kind of way, but you know, like, sometimes we always want to look like the world one of the things i've thought through this is could we just slow down like everybody could we just like what if sunday morning and again i I can't say it enough i am not lobbying for three-hour church services and i am not because i i know the tension here is i'm the guy that talks a lot so i'm not lobbying for longer sermons but i do wonder you're like yeah right i do wonder like um just in light of what we've been talking about just like a slowing down. One of the things that we do is we slow down, and that is almost like a countercultural act because we're gaining wisdom, and not just through a sermon, but through an entire experience together where obviously the scriptures are a big part of it. And, you know, I understand. We understand just as we're about to close here. Like, listen, some of you maybe are listening, and you've, you've come on this, and you know that the Bible's been used as a weapon. It's pushed you away. We're ve- I'm very aware of that. Our church community is very aware that people have used the scriptures in not so so great ways. But I am thankful to be a part of a community that views it as kind of what this chapter has led us in, and 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 seeing it as wisdom, seeing it as something that needs to be wrestled through and talked through, and and taking our time with it and slowing down. So I'm I'm really. Yeah, I'm just really thankful to be a part of a community that would say this is actually a countercultural act. While the world is, you know, fast, 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 attention, attention, attention. I'm not saying we shouldn't try and get people's attention once in a while. But I also think that there's part of a, maybe, and it's just because I'm getting older too, like there's a maturing that says, okay, um, anything in life, and we're learning this even through what we're learning in the book, anything valuable or good in life takes time and is often hard. And I think that too, just with even my own growth in the scripture, in here it talks about even the four chapters and just kind of getting a handle on the scriptures. Anytime somebody's new to the Bible, I always say just slow down because this will be the rest of your life if you follow Jesus, and it, and it takes time for sure. So I don't know if there's anything else from you guys that stood out. Uh, I just seriously love your just, guys, your input. and. The things that you know you're thinking through. Anything else kind of stand out? Not just in the chapter, but you know, in particular, what we've been talking about—wisdom, cultural discernments, the Bible, the B I B L E—the book for me. We're good. We've talked enough. <laughs> can I just uh, can I just say one thing? I've been talking a lot tonight or today, whenever you're listening. Um, for some of you that, uh, and I don't know if you guys ever feel like this, at times I felt spiritually in some ways homeless, kind of going back to the left and the right thing. You know, Some of us have experienced, and I grew up in an amazing church, my folks are amazing. My dad's a, a fantastic pastor, I'm super thankful for them. But you know, kind of the, the um, fundamental world that a lot of us grew up in in evangelicalism. Um, I've never, as I've grown, always felt really at home there. But it is also interesting in our progressive moment, and I hate to use left and right language, but it's kinda, it is what it is. Like in our progressive moment, with terminal deconstruction and cynicism, like with a lot of people my age, and just um, uh, no real answers. Listen, I I don't think we always have to have the answer on everything. Um, It's interesting how that has also left me a little empty and not at home either, and to you guys, and just to maybe, maybe I just felt like today as I was thinking through what we would talk about tonight, I just want to encourage you that some of us are uh, nuanced and in the middle with this stuff, just as it is with like not wanting to retreat from the world or be immersed by it. Um, some of you may feel spiritually homeless, and there's part of me that I get it in some of the, the things we've seen over the last 30 years, but uh, I also know there's nothing like the way of Jesus, and I think... In many ways this is how Jesus rolled you know he wasn't um, jiving with a lot of obviously the religious people today nor the progressive people in his moment um, his way was so much different than right and left and I just wanted to encourage y'all with that anyways Kaniki's how's the view y'all
1: right there uh, the view is good I've got all four of you on the screen, which is great. Oh no, uh, I mean like here. I mean like the northern <laughs> <laughs> I mean like the
0: Northern Ontario view. The
1: I mean the northern view. Ontario view oh, the cottage view. Yes, yeah. okay, yes. No, no the <laughs> How's no, the view the Do we great. uh Sweet. Is great. <laughs> weather is great. Um it's yeah, it's just been a fantastic week of just relaxing. Over the last beauty guess, since the quarantine began, um, mm-hmm. you know, we've kind of been stuck in the home and in the city as well. And uh, yep. It's you know. Plus, we've had like rentals and work, like building up, and kids' with school, and it's just been stressful, you know. And then, uh, yep, it's nice to just have a week to just kick back and do nothing and get away, you yeah. Know, enjoy the water, yeah. So that's any bear good.
0: sightings? Any bear sightings? Mm-hmm.
5: <laughs> no bears, fortunately. No, no bears? bears. So
0: yeah. I I no saw on Insta. Life? I saw on Instagram. <laughs> don't joke. I saw a today. I watched it. A lion. Fighting a bear. <sighs>
4: what? Where? Just, at the zoo? But where that
0: yeah. would that happen? Uh, I don't know, I know. But I'll send it to you. They were oh, like, wow, and then they kind of <laughs> went away. I <Honestly>, want yeah. But <laughs> when, <laughs> when the would they the ever best. be together? I, yeah. I I will find it Do not judge me. Do not judge me. I'm telling <laughs> yeah. you. I saw. I, I know. I, I thought evidence. the same thing. Why was there a bear with a lion? But I promise you, I'll send it to you. I don't know if it's like people are trying to make these videos, but nobody was hurt in that one. But Heath makes fun of me all the time because I'll be just sitting there, and there's like a little baby zebra, and it's just there, and the lions are in the tall grass, and then boom, and it's all over, and you get the. It is
2: hard. It's hard not to judge, you must, uh, are, are you judging? What channel do
0: you watch? What oh, Instagram yeah. channel? You missed it, oh. Serge. It's it's on Instagram. We're going to create that a followership. I know I know one person around this horn. will spend the rest of the evening checking out yeah. Lion Eating Other Things videos. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> Kevin's Kevin. all over. Do you want to go, Kev? I'll let you go. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> So much fun. Anyways, guys, thanks for listening to the After Show. Seriously, appreciate your guys' input. And uh, again, one of our hopes is that we would just continue to learn what it means to be culturally discerning. We hope you can join us this Sunday as we continue. Uh, Join us online at 1030 on Sunday as we talk about friends. How friends, uh, really practice three, is how having friends and key people in the way of Jesus and community is so important to, to resiliency. So hopefully you can listen with us. You can find us on any place that you find a podcast, wherever that is. You can also listen, or sorry, watch us on YouTube or Facebook on the Practice Church channel. Have a great day. We love you all. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.
1: Bye. Bye. Bye.